Ready to go? I am. All right, let's get into it. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 91 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, Joe. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Very good to have you. Nice to be here in my living room. I know, it's a lovely <laughs> living room. Thank you. I walked in and I was like, lovely house. Very nice. <laughs> I love having meetings in the house. It just feels really like comfy and cosy and I can sit here in my slippers and be happy and warm. Hmm. That's, I was about to go, yeah, me too. But the thought of someone coming into my house <laughs> makes me feel a bit sick inside. We all have a boundary, so that's fine. Yeah, but nice for you that this is yeah. a space that you enjoy working in. Love that. How's your day going? Good, yes. I had a call with another one-to-one client this morning, so I was doing some prep for that. And yeah, I'm just watching the cat trying to edge out the window. Um, yeah. <laughs> How many times will the cat get featured I know, today? Sorry. Um, yeah, it's been really good. Thank you. Should we start with our high low? Okay. I think today we're going to start with a high and end on a low. Okay. Because we've never done it that way. Oh God, now I've got to try and remember me high. I'd start with the low. Um, So my high is running my first group mentoring session last week, which is also kind of a low because I forgot to press record, which (laughs) at the time I was talking about resetting your boundaries with work. And at the time I felt was a total failure, but have since realised that it means I get to do it again and more people can come on if they want to. And I'm excited about that. I love that. So that was kind of high slash low. High with a low within it, yeah. but overall, overall it's high. still a high. Yeah. Still went great. Yeah. I, I think that's great. <laughs> My high, I'm sleeping more at the moment. Mm. I just think I mean, I'm eating my words because go and listen back to the episode that I did with Kat about boundaries and I talked about how I was sleeping about five, six hours a night and I constantly felt, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I no longer feel stressed and overwhelmed and tired, but I was just feeling some feels yeah. and Kat was like, maybe that's because you're like <laughs> not actually getting a full night's sleep. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then Sleep's I just think, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, what, loser sleep? And then kind of off of, off the back of the Christmas break, I think my body was just used to a bit more sleep. Yeah. And I've started realizing, you know, I'm probably not getting a full eight hours a night, but even just getting kind of seven or close to eight, I seem to feel good for it. Yeah, it's and crazy, then I have a it? really like productive day the next day where I don't feel super stressed or I don't feel like the day before has just merged into today. And I'm like, ah, I think that's because I actually properly slept and reset. Yeah. And I feel quite rested. Yeah, I am a massive sleep fiend. And I find sleep really hard, actually. It's definitely one of the things that's like a both a symptom and a trigger for my mental health going downhill. But I'm an eight hours a night at least kind of gal so mm. yeah the idea of five or six hours of sleep makes me want to vomit <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong there'll still be days where I do that yeah. and I'm sure I'm gonna have to kind of get myself back to where I am now with feeling quite positive about sleep yeah but I think it's that thing of when you're in routine and I thought in order to sustain my workload I cannot sleep more than that mm-hmm. whereas almost a reset like Christmas where you then come back and build everything back up yeah. rather than just pick up work like it was before it felt a lot easier to have a bit more control over it yeah, yeah. whereas before the thought of sleeping more I was like I don't have the time whereas now I'm like ah okay there are spaces of time that yeah. I can pick from in order to do that. It's interesting when you say that about not feeling like you can sustain your business on more than five or six hours of sleep. Because for me, setting up my business was after basically having a breakdown and needing to find another way to live, not trying to be too dramatic. Part of my thinking about how I would set up the business was so that 
I could sustain it and be healthy and happy at the same time. And I'm still kind of testing those boundaries of like, how many clients can I fit in? How many calls, like or how many clients do I want to fit in mm-hmm. to sustain my business and sustain my mental health? So yeah, it's interesting, like hearing people who've come at their business, not from coming off the back of a mental health crisis. Yeah. <laughs> and it's backwards as well. Even saying it, I know that saying, oh, I, you know, I can't sustain my business if I sleep more. Actually, it's like any investment into your business. Initially, of course, you take a dip, but by sleeping more and being more rested, I'm more productive. I don't need to work as many hours. I'm not as faffy, so I've got more time (laughs) to sleep. And also it's about like, what does success look like for you? Well, like what's the end goal? Is the end goal kind of to grow and grow and grow both clients and income and turnover and whatnot? Or is it, you know, not that you need to have a ceiling in terms of income in your mind, but my end goal is to work part-time and earn the same as I was earning in my pretty well-paid corporate job. Mm. So I know that I want to find ways to work that allow me to do that. Yeah. Again, I guess I kind of come at it from a different perspective when Mm. I'm, uh, yeah, building the business off the back of having a whopping great breakdown. Yeah, it's interesting. And that has got me all excited about today's (laughs) conversation starter. We're going to get into that we in are. a lot more detail. Not to take it on a downer. What's your low? You <laughs> um, can't choose the fact that you forgot to press record because that's hidden by your high. Um, no, my low is I have been feeling a bit low. I have had a bit of a dip in my mental health the last few weeks. And I was posting about it on my Instagram grid last night and thinking about it. Like, I've realised that I, I do know better than my thoughts. And so I'm trying to recognize when it's depression talking rather than what's best for me talking so like this week I've not really wanted to see anyone or go out or do anything but I know that isolating myself will only make me feel worse in the long run I used to think I quite like it in my comfort saying thank you I'm gonna stay right here but I am so I'm not one for like you know push yourself go crazy go wild break down the barriers of your comfort zone that's the only way you're gonna grow I'm not of that school of thought but I am kind of pushing myself a little bit to try and stop the dip dipping any further and yeah. kind of coming back up a little bit again yeah that must be really tricky though because even in marketing which is a completely different field than mental health which is what you're in it's hard enough for me to try and look at my own marketing objectively but when it comes to something like mental health to know what's best and to be an expert in that yet still have to manage your own and mm. almost look at yourself as a client must be a really difficult thing Yeah, it has been tricky. I mean, since I realised that being open about my mental health helped me to get over my dips in mental health, I've always been incredibly open about it. Like, I market myself to businesses by saying I'm brutally honest about my mental health because I think that's important. But what I have struggled with is... I don't really want to talk about the cause of the dip, but I do want to talk about how I'm handling the dip because that is part of what I do now and it's part of how I manage my mental health now and how I work. So that has been kind of hard to, not really hard to navigate. I guess my approach with anything is just to be honest, like Mm. to be totally brutally honest within the boundaries that I set for myself. So I don't want to be honest about what it is that's caused the dip. But as I say, I want to talk about it and how I'm managing it because... I know that that helps other people and I know that that helps people to figure out what it would be like to work with me and how I might Mm. be able to help them. So yeah, it is a weird one. Like I, I don't find my work triggering for my mental health until I do a piece of work and it makes me realise something new about my own situation. But yeah, I just, I, 
I've never felt like this about a job before. And yeah. I worked another job for 10, 11 years, so I know that I've got to keep going. Yeah. It's just really interesting to me, though, because I think naturally in any business, let alone in any service-based business, let alone in any business with a personal brand, let alone in a business <laughs> that you've started because of your own personal experience, there is never a clear boundary between personal and business. Yeah. And I've, almost what you described there feels like a very clear boundary that almost allows there to be some form of a blend between the two in the sense that what you're experiencing personally you won't share the trigger of it or the Mm. kind of details that would feel raw for you but you do still allow it to interact with your work because that's something that's Mm. important to you yeah I think part of the my sort of mental health crisis a couple of years ago was that I had absolutely zero boundaries with work and that work was one of my coping mechanisms for what I then realized was very poor mental health so now I do have very clear in my head boundaries with my work some of those boundaries are practical like I know what times I work best and I know that I don't want to work evenings and weekends although I'm doing things the next few weekends so clearly those boundaries can flex do what you're saying (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and then some of those boundaries are more mental I guess in, in all senses of the word but more about my relationship with my work and I think I don't know that it would be that helpful to other people for me to share what it is that's made me dip but I do think it's helpful for people to understand how I'm managing it and I think one of the reasons why I wanted to set up Madden Sad Club in the first place and it originally I thought of it as a kind of online community and then it grew into a business relatively swiftly was that the only kind of people I could see or the only accounts and communities in inverted commas I could see online talking about mental health were kind of all what I think of as like trite quotes and memes and stuff that don't really have a deeper meaning or I didn't find very helpful so you don't really see people talking that much about how they're managing their way through a bit of a dip so as far as I can I want to try and keep being as honest with people as I have been from the yeah start. and you've landed on a way of approaching that honesty that's productive for the business and beneficial for your audience and your people but is also comfortable and safe for you yeah which I think is that kind of perfect spot and also actually I do think that in a way running my business or at least having being present online through my business is now part of the way that I do manage my mental health like being honest about it online and people saying oh that really resonated with me or I felt the same or I tried this you know just having a conversation with people about it has actually become part of the way that I maintain positive mental health so interesting you know that's a bonus yeah yeah yeah. no that's really interesting and has actually given me inspiration for Milo I was gonna go for a very surface level (laughs) about the fact that I my Caesar salad today was quite disappointing. <laughs> but that just felt like too much of a tonal shift. And when I really thought about it, I was like, ah, if I'm honest and if I take some inspiration from what you said there, there has been quite a low in mm. the last week. And I kind of hinted at it in last week's episode. And like you, we'll not talk about what it was, but was basically just a situation in my personal life, which you know something just completely derails you. Mm. And I've never really had anything like that happen to me other than breakups. I've lived a very privileged life in the sense that I've not dealt with a huge amount of hardship outside Mm. of kind of my own mental health. And it really shook me. Mm. You know, for the first few days of last week, it was actually really beneficial to work. It helped me push through. It kept me focused. It kind of just stopped me from crying all the time. And then I think I got to kind of Thursday, Friday, and I just felt my mind 
getting tired yeah. like it, my mind was tired of pushing through I think I was ignoring the feelings in the situation so much that my brain was just mm. not allowing me to do anything and I remember in that moment thinking like what do I do with this <laughs> like I don't want to post anywhere online mm. anything I don't want to share about this I don't really feel like it's that big of a situation that I need to tell people that I'm gonna take some time off I don't think I need that any time off mm. and I just didn't really know what to do with it and I remember just thinking like just do what feels right yeah so I thought, okay, well, I'm not right now going to do an Instagram post about, you know, when life isn't 10 out of 10, what do you do? Because I just knew that I couldn't deal with the kind of hope you're okay, yeah. thinking of you as much as that's all from the right place. I really struggle with that yeah. messaging and narrative. And I ended up just kind of taking Thursday, Friday slow. I think one client who I had scheduled in, I asked to move, but mm. I just kind of did the bare minimum as I could. Mm. And it was a real low, I think, just in terms of how I felt because I'd come into this year and come into January so excited, so ready to go. And I still am, like there's still so much good stuff going on that it was just quite disappointing for mm. something to happen that felt like it didn't match up with where I was taking things and yeah. how I wanted things to go. But I know that by kind of taking those couple of days slow and taking the weekend off, I now, you know, we're on Wednesday and this week I felt really great and it hasn't held me back and I feel like I'm kind of back in my stride. Mm. So it was a low of last week but some good learning curves in it. Yeah. But yeah, shit happens, man. Shit does happen. One thing that my, um, a friend of mine said to me when I was like, mm, probably like midway through kind of coming back from a really low place. I keep wanting to say last year. Last year was 2019. It was two years ago. I keep doing that. I keep being like, <laughs> yeah, you know, a few months ago, like last, this year, like earlier this year, they're like, no, earlier this year was January 2020. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still getting used to the 20s. But yeah, my friend said to me, life is full of ebbs and flows. And I know that I talked about trite quotes a minute ago. I know that sounds a bit trite, but actually it really has stuck with me over time and made me realise that there are times when I'm like gunning it and I'm going great. And those times aren't as often as they were when I worked in corporate life, because now I'm working with my own energy levels rather than the energy levels I think I should have. But then there are times where I want to not work or work in bed or need to take some time off or need to cancel some things and that that's okay too and that it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get back into flow again in a few days' time. And I think, like you mentioned, holding back your reaction at those times can be even more exhausting than letting it out. So like you say, doing what feels right for you is just both really important and such a huge privilege to be able to do when you work for yourself. Yes. Because it ain't like that, in my experience, when you work for another company. And that's kind of what can make you mad and sad. It is. It's very true. <laughs> I, I think you do forget. I feel like I mentioned this on every episode, just what a privilege it is to do what we do. And that's not, you know, diminishing the fact that there's hard days and it's difficult and there's things that are tricky about it but it's just acknowledging like hey there is immense privilege mm. in having control over yeah what you do and how you do and when you do it and I think again conversely it's so easy as a entrepreneur business owner self-employed person whatever to forget that you do have control over that stuff mm. that like me all the time yeah <laughs> all the time I'm like other people are ruling my schedule yeah I have no control I've got to do this I've got to do that yeah. they need me actually as a business owner we have control over everything like you could have cancelled a whole week's worth of work last week and that was in your control to do it you you decided that wasn't right for you and that's absolutely what was right for you at the time but we yeah we have control over everything within our business how we run it how we think about it to a certain extent how we structure it so that it works for us but it's so easy to forget that because you're 
so tunnel visioned to making it work which is yeah. great because that's how you know business grows but it, it's important to remember that we've got our hand on the reins hand on the tiller is that the metaphor i'm going for sure you're in control <laughs> you are in control <laughs> All right, feeling ready for our conversation starter? Yeah. I feel like this is one that we have, I say we as if you've been in every episode of the podcast. <laughs> I've listened to we. them all. Thank you. Do you reckon you've listened? Nah, not no, not one. one of them. I wonder if anyone has. I feel sorry for them if they have, because anything before about episode 50 is trash. <laughs> sorry if you're a guest who came on before episode 50. I'm sure you were a really good guest. I was trash. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I feel like today's conversation starter is something that has been touched on and kind of picked up on and Mm. concluded within a lot of other episodes. And it's something that I'm now interested to kind of give a real chunk of time and thought and conversation to. And that is the conversation around whether busyness equals success. And I guess to explore the concept of burnout and busyness and the amount that you put in being really glamorized within the world of running a business. Mm. I think a good place to start with this is talking a bit about your story Mm -hmm. because anyone who's listened to this podcast before is probably bored to death of me talking about my burnout story and what that taught me. So I'm interested because you've mentioned a couple of times your business began because you burnt out and because you kind of had a bit of a we can say the word breakdown. Breakdown? Yeah. You can see me being like, yeah. you, what you had. No one wants to say the B word. Does that mean? Like, <laughs> Let's call a thing what it is. All right. You broke down. Yeah. And that is part of why you started the business that you have now. Yeah. Talk a bit about that. And I guess talk to me about how that messaging of busyness doesn't equal success has really rung true for mm. you in terms of your mission now. So I set up my business, Mad and Sad Club last March 2019 which came off the back of 10-11 years in communications so I worked in PR agency I worked in-house I ran press offices I ran marketing teams and my last corporate job was head of comms for which the consumer association so like big high pressure high volume high stress jobs and I always thought that I thrived in that environment I did well I climbed the career ladder I got a head of comms job by the time I was 30 but then what also happened when I was 30 was I had a breakdown because I think I had developed throughout my entire career an unhealthy relationship with work and what I've since discovered through lots of therapy is that I have this core belief that I am a failure and so my work is there to try and counteract that and show myself that I'm not a failure so whenever I feel like something is going wrong or whenever I felt like something was going wrong I would throw myself even more into work so I would be more busy more efficient take on more projects put my hands up for more work more hours Um, outside of usual office hours which to my organization and my colleagues and my boss and my team made me look really successful really driven really good at my job but actually what it did to me was make me really mentally unwell and so before setting up this business I had never wanted to work for myself I always wanted the security in inverted commas of a paid job with another company but what I kind of came to realize in trying to recover from that mental health crisis was that I couldn't make enough tweaks to the way I worked for another company to maintain my sanity essentially Mm. um and so 
the way I've set the business up is that I can ideally, hopefully, end up working part-time, earning the same amount as I was earning before, funding a nice life, nothing Mm -hmm. too extravagant, Mm -hmm. but by not being as busy, not working as many hours, Mm. not push myself up to and past the point of no return for the future. And that has definitely come with it. Uh, I've needed to explore what success looks like. So when I worked in-house for a corporate, I definitely saw success as getting a promotion, getting a pay rise, getting a bigger job, getting a bigger team. And with that came all the trappings of being really busy all the time. But now, when I first started the business I kind of thought I don't think I want to be that successful anymore Mm. but now I'm realizing that I yes I want to be successful I'm I'm an ambitious person I want to do new things with this business but success doesn't mean the same thing to me anymore Mm. success basically means being happy and not having another frigging breakdown in a year's time Mm -hmm. and doing interesting work that I love more than any comms job I ever did and I did some Mm. great jobs and learning things and realizing that I can do things that I never thought I could and like success just means something totally different to me now yeah and I I know that I cannot sustain the the hours the stress the volume of work the pressures the politics that I withstood for 10 years before I just know that I can't do that anymore Mm. and I don't want to do it so yeah I've got quite a kind of polarizing um experience yeah no I think it's really interesting though because I feel like burnout is such and it's sad that it is such a common thing Mm. throughout business owners you know I probably could name I'd find it hard to name people that I don't think have burnt out to some degree and something that I touched on that kind of got me thinking about doing this episode with you in episode I think it's 79 that I did with my friend Jess is we talked about how for both of us we kind of needed to run into that brick wall of burnout to realize that it was important to look after ourselves Mm. you know that for both of us experiencing burnout in very different ways was almost sadly what was needed in order for us to learn the importance of looking after our physical and mental health and something I'm always interested by is is that the narrative and is there a way that new business owners new entrepreneurs don't have to go through that cycle of getting right to the bottom of the pit hitting Mm -hmm. burnout and breaking down to learn the lessons of looking after yourself and being conscious yeah I mean it happened the same for me like I didn't realize that I was becoming really really unwell until I'd hit the bottom of the well and then it took me a very long time to come back up again Mm. and in the process of reaching this point of new normal I realized that I needed to change things and that the best way for me to do that was to work for myself I think there are a few reasons why people sometimes do have to hit that point to come back again because a it's hard to know until you've experienced it what deteriorating mental health looks like. It isn't always obvious. It's kind of small insidious symptoms that build and build and build until you get to the point of burnout or crisis and you realise, oh, actually, that those weird aches and pains, the lack of sleep, the dropping concentration, dropping sex drive, not able to make decisions, oh, and the, you know, the bad tummy, all of those were actually physical symptoms and mental symptoms of deteriorating mental health so I think one part is you don't realize 
often that you're dipping until you've dipped quite low. Yeah. And can I just pick up yeah. on something in that? Because definitely, you know, having burnt out once, I feel quite aware of my symptoms, which are kind of signs that I am close to burnout. And when I talk about burnout now in my business, it's not, you know, the dramatic six months off in bed depressed, which is what it was that first time. It's now, you know, a couple of days just feeling really rough or needing to take a few days off. Um, but I feel like having gone through the experience once, I feel quite aware and switched on to those feelings. Mm. But definitely just hearing you say that, the first time it happened, I had all of the symptoms when I look back at it, but at the time I just wasn't even conscious no. of them. It wasn't even that I was feeling them and going, oh, but that's fine. Mm. It was that for me, I was so blinded by what I wanted that anything that was a byproduct of that and a symptom of going after that just wasn't relevant. Yeah. And I wonder if burnout is so prevalent in, is that the right word? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I feel so smart. Um, so you are. prevalent. I should have just should have just carried on with that. It's so much less cool now that I have to check. Um, it's but so, so much more relatable. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, so, it's so prevalent um, in business owners because I think to start a business, you've got to bloody want something a lot. And I think if you want something a lot, it's very easy to have the blinkers on mm-hmm. to the things that you can begin to sacrifice or negatively experience as a result of wanting that thing yeah there's a few things there like it's also if you work for a charity or a purpose-driven organization or the nhs it's common that you are so driven by the reason why you're doing something that you will ignore signs of Mm. things not being right and that you will keep on pushing past the point of no return and also i think with entrepreneurs and self-employed people it feels like that is what you do, that you go running headlong at it and you throw everything at it and you work all the hours because mm. that's what you have to do to build a business. Yeah. It's like, oh, but, you've never burnt out. Like, yeah. call yourself a business owner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come back to me when you've had a breakdown. <laughs> but actually, you don't. Yes, it might take a little bit longer. You might earn a little bit less for the first year or whatever. Like, it took me... So I set up my business in March. It took me till August that it was financially sustainable. Um, I was lucky I'd taken redundancy from my last job so I could pay myself out of my redundancy. And that was definitely part of the security blanket for me in setting up my my company was that I had that financial security. But, you know, I just... I actively purposefully chose to take a bit of time with it and feel my way and even now I'm still figuring out what my kind of max capacity is I haven't reached that yet and I kind of don't want to because I have both the fear of failure and the fear of success like I don't want to get too busy because I don't want to burn out and break down again and Mm -hmm. I don't obviously want to fail because I'd like this business to be successful and to help people there's such a perception that the way to start a business is to absolutely go hammer and tongs and actually again like we said it's in your control you don't have to do that you can design your business in a way that Mm. means that you don't have to do that and you know like you're in your 20s I'm in my 30s we've got a lot of work time ahead of us like I don't need to do it all this year or next year Mm. like give myself some stuff to do in five years time yeah where do you think that messaging comes from that, you know, starting a business and running a business successfully equals all these things, you know, not sleeping, working crazy hours, sacrificing a lot in the process. I think it's everywhere. Like, work is hard, work hard, get results. The frigging apprentice, you know, like everywhere, even, you know, more relatable role models that we see online or people who run their own business online. Like everywhere you look, everyone is working really hard and that's great. 
but I actually don't want to have to work hard all the time. Mm. Like, I want my business to feel easy. And that sounds so like I'm not trying hard enough. I think this whole narrative that society as a whole, whether you work for yourself or whether you work for a company or whatever you do, that everything has to be hard work. Why? Why the fuck does it have to be hard? Sorry, can I swear? Yeah, crack on. I think it's too late anyway. Why does it have to be hard? Mm. It's not, that's not very fun. It's so true. And I'm always so interested by conversations like this, because the way that you speak about your priorities and your vision and why you start your business is polar opposites to where I'm sat. (laughs) Like me right now, when I think about, you know, what I run my business for right now, I'm sure in 10, 20 years time, this is going to shift. But you know, at 21, four years in, I am running this business to see how much I can get out of it by pushing it to its limits. I'm in this to see where I can take it and what I can do with it. I want it to be the biggest, I want it to be the best, I want it to be the most exciting, the most different. So for me, it's an interesting conversation here because A, I don't often see it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to realize actually you have complete permission and control to do things your way. But it's also interesting to me because then when we come to conversations like this, I'm like, well, what does it look like maybe if you are someone who wants to put in the hours, who wants to push it as much as they can, who wants to grow it as quickly as they can, what does it look like in that scenario to still be conscious and to still look after yourself? So to someone in that scenario, here's looking at you, Alice, I would say, why? Why do you want to push it to be the best it can be as quick as it can be? Mm. Is it because you want to sell the business in two years time? Nope. If that's not the case, then why? I'm not going to ask you to answer the question, Mm. but... No, it's good. I think underneath that, underneath that incessant drive, and look, I am am an ambitious person. I'm a very driven person. Mm. Um, And I'm proud of what I've done in my business less than a year in, but... Yeah, I mean, to be self-sufficient in that amount of time is actually madness. Like, I know of so, so many businesses... I did set myself a target of three months. Didn't <laughs> we were, like, that. over a year in, and it's very normal, and it's not a bad thing that they're not yeah. financially independent yet. So it's not to say at all that you doing it... That's what's interesting to mm. me, is, like, you did it your way, on your terms. You didn't sacrifice your mental or physical health in the process, but what you've built is a business that you love that's really successful. And I think, like I say, if, you, if you're if you wanting to put in all the hours, ask yourself why. Do you really want to be working 18 hours a day? Mm. Never taking a holiday? Not getting much sleep? What benefit is that giving you? And I would ask someone, like, what is the life you're looking for? Or if that's too big a question, because it's quite a big question, like, what do you want your year to look like? Mm. And how can your business facilitate that? And how can your business undermine that? Because, or your job, or whatever it is. Because if you're just going at it, running into the wall day after day after day, no one can sustain that forever. Mm. I did it for 10 years. And like, it was fucking hard to come back from that. And I wouldn't want anyone I wouldn't wish that on anyone so I would first of all examine in yourself why is it that you want to do that but then think about okay yes I want to I want to grow this business really quickly well what is the best way to do that that doesn't kill me like what is the kind of what is my highest sort of highest netting income stream that I can put 
the least amount of time into that I get the best kind of feeling out of and I get the best impact from and like try and prioritize what you're doing so that you don't have to kill yourself in the process yeah well I guess again it's not matching up almost the quantity of hours and work you're putting in yes. with the expectation of what you're going to get back. Yes, thank because you. <laughs> I look back at days that I used to spend working on my business where I would faff for the whole day and I would say, oh yeah, I've done a 12 hour day today. So I think in a way it was like, a, shit, this business isn't succeeding. I guess I need to put in all the hours. At least then I've got, you know, it's not my fault that it's not yeah, because yeah. I'm working, working, working. And then I look at sometimes that I'll work now and I'll put in an hour and a half of focused work at the weekend and it will move my business forward more than a day of work in the week, which is spent still doing tasks that I need to do, but doing stuff that isn't that kind of pivotal work. And what's I think interesting about this conversation and that messaging of, you know, you've got to work bloody hard to start a business. I don't don't think that's ever going to be untrue. Mm. Like just because you did it on your terms, you still worked bloody, bloody hard to get your business off the ground to get it where it is now, right? Yeah, but- I remember Googling like how to how to embed a PayPal button into mm-hmm. an Elemental Pro website at like one in the morning. That's an yeah. indication that my mental health wasn't in the right place. <laughs> but for you, <laughs> working hard didn't equal working long hours. Mm. For you, working hard meant working very intentionally and knowing the things that were gonna be most important and being yeah. able to prioritize. So it's not the narrative of like, anyone can start a business and no, yeah. you just need to like really want it and then you'll get it. It's like, nah, it's gonna be bloody hard work, but don't think the hard work means hours. Yeah. Hard work is intention. And I think I see it with my one-to-one clients and my B2B clients, but hours don't equal value. So in, you know, I work with some agencies and they work on a billable hours basis. So they're literally their people's time is seen as what is worth something to Mm. the client but actually what is worth something to the client is the outcome that they're going to get and because that's too hard to put a value on we default to billable hours Mm. and that isn't good for anyone's mental health or sense of self-worth or understanding of what value is as you say working for 12 hours doesn't equal the same value as working for an hour and a half on something else in a different way at a different time and we don't have to work all the hours God sends because that isn't what equates to our value our value is innate and is in us we just have to like figure out what it is but it doesn't have to take 12 hours to get it out yeah it's very true yeah I feel like my brain is still ticking over what you said a few points ago (laughs) like I feel like I just need to like process some things (laughs) we'll have a break we'll have a biscuit (laughs) because almost what you were saying about how you know when you were in corporate and you were working yourself to this breakdown moment for you kind of the root cause of why you were putting in all this work and pushing and pushing was your fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And the second that I was like, well, sorry, I wanna put in loads of hours and I wanna do this and I wanna push it. And you're like, why? And I was like, shit, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like for every single one of us, like we've all got a weird connection with our work and with our business, which is slightly unhealthy. And for me, it's that, you know, there probably is a fear of failure and a fear of, not amounting to anything within that. And I think at, at its core, it's the fact that we have such an intrinsic mm-hmm. link between who we think we are and what we achieve. Mm-hmm. And I think often as well, when your business doesn't feel like a success in traditional ways, in terms of making money or making the impact that you want, I think particularly at the start, it's easy to be a bit like shit. I guess the way that it feels successful, or I feel like I'm doing the most to make it successful is just to 
do the push stuff. Push and push and push. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think what frustrates me about this conversation, but when I process it, it doesn't frustrate me, is that often you only see this conversation being had by people who generally did push really hard uh-huh. at the start and then have realized there's a different way to do it. Uh-huh. And I sometimes look at that and I'm like, well, it's easy for you, like three years into a very successful business to now take a step back. But actually I realize when they're talking about that, they're probably looking back and thinking, shit, all of that work I did probably could have been way more efficient and didn't need to include sacrificing my mental and physical health and in the process. You've kind of hit the nail on the head there for why I wanted to set up this business is that when it comes to looking after our mental health at work in particular which is my bugbear slash job now apparently it shouldn't be just down to the people who've hit the bottom of the well and come back up again like just because you haven't been through that as someone who runs a business or works in a business or manages people or manages yourself if you work for yourself you shouldn't have to hit the bottom of the well and come back up again to learn from that and to know what to look out for and to have an idea of how to look after yourself Mm. and with the sort of corporate companies that I work for a lot of the managers that I I train say oh but I haven't been through I don't know what to say sorry mate but that isn't good enough excuse that's why I'm here telling you what it's like to be there so that you can learn from that experience Mm. hopefully never experience it yourself and support people who are going through that because it shouldn't just be down to the people who've had that terrible experience and I really hope that for people who are self-employed you don't have to reach that point because it's not very fun especially when you work for yourself I'm like absolutely petrified of having a breakdown in my business now because Mm -hmm. like I won't get paid sick leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I need to make it work and work for me financially and for my brain. Mm. What does that look like for you then within running a business now? And I'm sure still having times that, you know, even though for you, you don't want to be working all the hours and pushing hard. I'm sure there's weeks and kind of moments where you have to, and that's kind of what's needed to get the outcome that yeah. you want. You know, if you're pushing for a launch or you're getting to a deadline, sometimes you've still got to, you know, push over something to get there what does it look like for you within your business to maintain that mental health and not keep going through that cycle of hit rock bottom shit back to the top and kind of keep going I have some very firm boundaries with my work Mm. and there are some really practical things around that so I am not a six o'clock in the morning kind of gal I'm a slow morning kind of person which now feels crazy because I used to get to work at 7, 7.30 in the morning, meaning I would leave the house at like six. So actually for me now to say, I like to have a slow morning feels kind of strange. But I get up while my boyfriend leaves. I spend like an hour, hour and a half reading, listening to the radio, having a cup of tea, what, start work probably half nine, 10. I don't have any meetings that I have to travel to before 10, 30, 11 in the morning because I know that commuting in rush hour stresses the bejesus out of me I know that I'm more productive in the afternoons so I try and protect that time I don't want to work evenings and weekends and so I know that for me in my kind of one-to-one business that means that I need to work with people who are able to work with me in the working hours that I set and that won't be for everyone so boundaries are a big part of that for you. boundaries are a really big part of that but also so the times when I do have to push through a lot of that stuff for me is mental so like I will always have times where I'm like oh god this is never gonna work oh I'm terrible at this oh I've just made up my job no one Mm -hmm. wants to work with me and for me I have to try and stop 
notice that thought, recognise it's irrational, and try and reprogram my brain. So science tells us that we can grow new neural pathways in our brain, and the way you do it is noticing the thought, challenging it, putting a rational thought in place, and then taking some action to make that a reality Mm. so basically I give myself CBT on a daily basis I love that I love that (laughs) benefits of being a mental health genius um but also like for my work with corporates there are peaks in the year of when it's really busy so mental health awareness day time to talk day and during world mental health day last October I really pushed myself I did like eight talks in three or four days in four different locations I really pushed my confidence in myself and myself physically and mentally but what I did to try and do that in a healthy way for me was when I did a talk outside of London I went up the night before and booked a hotel i allowed myself to like take that time and do what I needed to do which was like watch Harry Potter and eat chocolate I pre-researched places god this makes me sound like a crazy mentalist but I pre-researched places that I knew that I would want to go to in between those sessions that would be calm and quiet and I could read and have some nice food yeah I planned like nice things for myself I planned some time off straight after turned out I didn't plan enough time off but you know that's a lesson for this year I I am a very planning-y person Mm. so I try and plan ahead as much as possible to try and think okay how is it going to make me feel how what is going to be triggering how can I kind of put myself in a good place how can I enjoy this rather than feel like I'm having to strive and push through it yeah and when things do feel full-on and you're making a conscious choice to maybe you know put in more hours it's then reminding yourself like oh no but outside of this I have a choice and I guess matching up you know when you're when there are times in your business, you know, I'm thinking of all the product-based businesses out there mm. where Christmas is just yeah. madness. You know, for them, they've got to do that. But alongside that, it's thinking, you know, what are the extra things I can do that are going to keep me good? And also, what are the other things I can take away mm-hmm. to help me manage this? When I think back to kind of times last year, probably towards the start of the year, I felt like I had to work all of the hours to mm. be successful and for things to work. And now, whilst I still do work quite long hours, I mean, they're not even long to me, but I think that's... The problem is that they don't feel long. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah. But when I, you know, do these longer days where I'm maybe at my desk for the majority of them, everything within that to me feels like a choice. Mm. And I no longer feel like I'm doing it because I should. Mm. And the second that there is a gap in my to-do list or I know that something can go, or I know that something can be done next week or doesn't need to be done, man, I'm away from that desk the second that I can. And for me, when I reflect on it, I'm like, ah, that question of if, if you still need or want to put in quite a lot of hours, it's okay, but know why you're doing it. Exactly. And know that ultimately you've got control. And if you're doing it just because you feel like you should, and you're doing that thing where you sit at your desk for an hour doing absolutely nothing just because it kind of fills a gap, that's where the problem sits. Mm -hmm. Or like, I think as well, building on the knowing that you have chosen it know what you are choosing between so you are choosing between Mm. working the really long hours to make you know the most of this busy month and then next month you're going to take two weeks off yeah or you're choosing between taking on fewer clients working fewer hours making a bit less money but feeling better for it like know what Mm. you are choosing between and I think that puts you in a power of control right yeah Something my dad always says to me is, Alice, when you say yes to one thing, you say no to another. Mm. And that's really helped me Mm. because I I do, I don't blame it, but a lot of 
I think a lot of my relationship with my work has just come from being quite young and naive and not really knowing a lot of things in that I definitely used to be of the train of thought of like, I can just say yes to all the things and do all the things. But even just adopting that model, you're like, ah, okay, you can still choose to do eight talks in four days, but you just need to know that by choosing to do that, you're saying no to the relationships in your life Mm -hmm. or to your physical health or to whatever that might look like for you. And I guess it's, again, self-awareness and consciousness does wonders and also I think knowing what those things are that support you so like in between breakdown one and breakdown two I knew what my triggers were but I didn't know what would get me out of a bad place I knew what would send me into a dip but I didn't know how to get back out again and now I do to an extent Mm. like I I think if I had another really bad mental health crisis I would probably need some other help but I know when my mood dips or when I am feeling really anxious I I now know some techniques to get myself back to a, an okay place again and I think part of why people you know your point about whether people need to go through burnout to be able to kind of get to this place of realization of working a different way is that it's sometimes only by going through it that you realize how to get out of it and what you need to keep yourself in a place of sanity and equilibrium yeah I'm glad you brought it back to that because I'm interested by you know if people are listening to this and they maybe haven't been through that burnout first of all congrats um, <laughs> you hang on to that sanity do you know what I mean please <laughs> don't be ruined um, but one of the biggest oh, blessings in disguise I don't know how to say it but one of the biggest learning curves I guess for me that's come through burnout is understanding my signs of burnout you know we we're talking about it before we hit record I now know my body very well and whether I choose to listen to them or not, Mm. I can really easily recognize the physical signs of I need to take a bit of a step back or I just need to be careful. Mm. If you haven't been through burnout and you want to be that one business owner out of millions (laughs) who doesn't have to go through burnout to realize that the brick wall's there and that they need to look after themselves, what does it then look like to understand, you know, when Mm. you're getting to that place and then maybe need to have a little think I think it is self-awareness and like you can cultivate that sense of self-awareness by journaling and mood tracking Mm. and by you know keeping a note of how different situations or things have made you feel that can be give you a sense of what your triggers are and both negatively and positively so when a situation makes you feel brings up some negative thoughts for you and then what it is that supports you so for some people you know for extroverts that'll be like that might be seeing their friends and someone who's more introverted that might be time on their own and listening to specific music or reading or whatever those things are that bring you back to the point of feeling replenished and good and ready and raring to go Mm. and building more of those into your routine so like all this talk about self-care self-care is really good and great and but it's not just like bubble bath and face masks Uh it's like with mental health you are your own in charge of your own treatment plan so you decide you know you get meds from the doctor you might go see a therapist but you decide what hours you work how you build a good routine for sleep how you get your thoughts and feelings out who you talk to about it what you eat what you consume what you spend your time doing and you don't have to get to the point of having a really bad mental health period 
to start to learn what those things are that support positive mental health for you Mm. and what the building blocks of a routine or a lifestyle are that keep you happy and healthy yeah and I guess by creating a space and carving out time to check in with how you feel you avoid the whole blinkers on I don't even realize that it's weird that I'm throwing up all the time or that I feel really tired or that I'm being really moody because by creating space to kind of connect to how you feel, you then notice something's off before you burn out and go, shit, maybe all those things were warning signs. Now I know to look out for them. And also like knowing how you want to feel, knowing what normal is for you and knowing how Mm. you want your kind of, how how you want your life to feel because then you know when you don't feel like that or when life doesn't feel like that or Mm. when your routine doesn't feel like that. I say this as someone who (laughs) regularly in the past has ignored like warning signs as well. You know, I had two breakdowns within a year. I definitely didn't know all my warning signs and all my triggers the first time around. And it is easy to brush them off because you don't want to face up to the reality that things aren't great in your mind. But knowing what's normal for you, learning about what doesn't make you feel great and then learning and testing what what the kind of your optimum state is and how yeah. and what gets you there that for me is really important in kind of staying safe mm. i like that it feels very practical oh good it's good i like practical i like something practical too decided not to do a quick fire question round today okay for you because I was listening to some earlier and was like oh god what is she gonna ask <laughs> because I just thought when planning this episode I don't know where it's gonna go I didn't expect it to go in some of the directions it has we could have been crying by now who knows do you know and I thought sometimes a tonal shift happens at the end of an episode that feels weird to listen to and let me tell you feels 10 times weirder to record because <laughs> you're both set that having had this quite deep and vulnerable conversation and wanting to now discuss it more off of the yeah. podcast and then I go and ask you like would you like a bourbon or a pasta cream uh, <laughs> just for the record you... bourbon every time <laughs> thank you I'm with you I had one this morning so I thought instead I would ask you a question that I would like to know the answer okay, to cool. and it's it's a selfish question because it's just one that I'm always interested by and feel myself kind of grappling with a lot and it's on the topic of burnout and glamorizing working very long hours and you know that hustle <laughs> I know um, hustle what's it called culture vibe culture that's the word because I'm always very conscious about how my content might promote that Mm. because for me the way that I choose to work and the hours that I choose to work and the rate at which I choose to work and the things that I choose to sacrifice in order to do my work is 100% my expectation of me Mm. and I have never once transferred that expectation that I have of me to anyone else so in my head I'm like chill guys I'm getting up at 6am and I'm sometimes doing 14 hour days and I'm pushing myself to the limit and seeing what I can get out of this business. But I know that I don't expect that of anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I would hate, absolutely hate to think that anyone would take that message from what I do because having experienced burnout, the Mm -hmm. thought of adding to that culture of busy equals success, push, 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 you're not doing enough, makes me quite sad Mm -hmm. and terrifies me. So what does it look like? And I know this is probably an unanswerable question. (laughs) Within your online presence, do I guess be conscious of how you're adding to this conversation? Mm. And if you're in a position like me, where, you know, realistically me sharing my everyday is in some way going to probably be taken that way by some people, Mm. how do you sit with that? And which, you know, is the responsibility on those who consume or those who create, or is there even anything to think about? 
I think for someone like you who is really honest about their dips and kind of ebbs and flows in their mental health, yeah. that is really, really positive. But I do think keeping it in your mind that continuing to be honest about why you choose to work the way you work mm. um, and sharing that way you feel comfortable will really help with that. Because so as someone who looks at your content from the outside, I often think, fucking hell, unless you must be knackered. <laughs> or like, you know, worry about you or think like take an eye off (laughs) um so I think by being open about you know I'm choosing to do this because it's I'm really going for it this year xyz or I want yeah yeah Yeah, I think it also helps to just keep having this conversation because it shouldn't be the kind of polar opposites of you know like Mrs Miggins living on a farm crocheting compared to Gary V yeah (laughs) I don't even know who that is you don't know who Gary Vee is? No. You wouldn't like him. Who's, where is he from? Uh, he's... God, I literally feel like about 85, <laughs> but I don't really watch any telly and I don't consume the news. No, so. no, he's like a, almost like a celebrity in the entrepreneurial world. Oh. Very much preaches the kind of hustle, hustle, hustle. Oh yeah, I don't think vibe. I would like him. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like lots of big people in the entrepreneurial world. Mm. But there's a good but point it that there's a middle It doesn't ground. have to be those polar opposites. It can't, they're, you can find your middle ground and what works for you. And by talking about that as part of the way you run your business, not just you, you know, yeah, yeah. one, it helps to kind of make people realise that. Yeah, and I guess also there's always that thing that I come back to with anything you share online, that ultimately you can do as much as you can to yeah. involve the whole message and give context, but you're never going to 100% know that people aren't going to take that out of context or see it in a time that's bad for them and take it in that exactly. wrong way. And that isn't your responsibility. Everyone has responsibility for their own mental health. Mm. And I would say, you know, how we can try not to be kind of impacted by the Gary V's or whoever he is of the world or whatever it is that <laughs> triggers you. I'm definitely not going to Google him. Is to have boundaries and to recognise what choice you're making. Mm. And, you know, recognise that, if you are having a bad day, you are going to be more triggered by things on social media and to make use of the unfollow or the mute or the see fewer posts like this buttons. I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I, I see something and I have like a visceral reaction and I'm like, actually, am I just feeling a bit shitty today? I'll give that person another go. But sometimes I, well, regularly I will mute or unfollow mm. or do whatever because I know I don't want to feel like that. Yeah. Or I don't want to see a particular thing in my feed Mm. um so we have to take responsibility for our own mental health we have to learn what is makes us feel bad and what makes us feel good and we have to act on that and have boundaries yeah that's a really good answer oh thanks really good answer if i had to sum up this whole conversation (laughs) i don't know why i'm forcing myself to do this because we've spoken about a lot of things i guess it would be the fact that i think all of this comes back to self-awareness and to carving out space and time in whatever way that looks like for you whether that's working with someone whether that's taking part in a program whether that's just journaling whatever to feel connected to how you feel and to what you want and to what's a priority to you and then I guess to a degree being able to really feel connected to what you want and what's important to you and then put the blinkers on yeah there's always going to be people out there who are going to do things in a different way and that is the joy of the world and the joy of the fact that there is so many different pieces of content and people that you can connect with not everyone is going to want to build a business the same way Mm -hmm. as you not because not everyone is building a business for the same thing but ultimately if you are clear 
and confident in why you're doing what you're doing and you stick some boundaries in place in terms of how you're going to do it, you're all right. Yeah. And it's not linear for anyone. No, exactly. It's like a wiggly piece of string. Like, there's going to be ups and downs and highs and lows. And, you know, even though my mood has dipped over the last week, I still know that that's going to come back up and I'm still kind of able to think positively about things. Mm. And I've seen enough kind of ebbs and flows in my life to know that it's as you say it's not always linear yeah and I think people have taken a lot of comfort and encouragement in the fact that despite the fact that you've just spewed out all of this incredible insight and advice your mental health is still something that's not linear for you so I think ultimately you do you exactly but look after yourself yeah you do you pal you do you and be kind to yourself always be kind to yourself thanks for joining me yay thanks my brain is like I've got all the thoughts now. <laughs> We're going to have a minute and have some biscuits. When we stop recording, we're like, so let me just process <laughs> everything that I just reconsidered about my life and my business. <laughs> Tell me why I feel like I should need to work all the hours, Joe. We'll What's... get comfy on the sofa. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, I am Mad and Sad Club everywhere, but mainly I'm on Instagram or my website, which is madandsadclub.co.uk. I'm always spewing my thoughts about mental health there. I love it. And I love following you. I say that. I don't follow anyone right now. Um, I did love following you and I'm sure I will love following you again because you share a lot of kind of your everyday and I feel like seeing other people do things a bit differently to me, i.e. sometimes not working as many hours or doing things in their own way gives me a lot of inspiration and comfort. Mm. Even I remember really clearly when you were doing those eight talks, I remember you talked on your stories about it and about how you're dealing with it and that was really interesting to me because it kind of got me out of my headspace and got me thinking about a different way to do it that is like one of the things I love about Instagram like everyone talks about you know the danger of social media but you know what since I started again with social media after my breakdown it has become such a hugely positive thing for me particularly Instagram and I think Instagram in particular for kind of the mental health chat and support is amazing in community but what it took for social media to be really positive for me was starting again with a different intention so I'd like amass this you know hodgepodge of people that I followed and people who followed me that was a mixture of kind of worky newsy politicky politicky politically whatever (laughs) (laughs) family friends and I didn't really know what I was using it for whereas now I know that I use it to talk about mental health stuff and I don't actually use my personal Instagram account anymore I've taken it off my phone but social media can be so positive like you say seeing snippets of other people's days and like I follow Jules von Hepp on Instagram and he like dances around half naked on his stories and literally it like gives me endorphins just watching it it makes me really happy and little things like that just can have such a huge impact on your day and your mood so Mm. social media doesn't have to be all bad I like that message perfect note to end on I would say (laughs) Right, we're off to eat some biscuits. Yes, we the are. The cat's not being disruptive. No, she's asleep now. She does that a lot. She's having a nap. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Gibby. Good job, cat. <laughs> cool.